years ago, I found out that Jesus is a healer. Um, you know my testimony, how I was raised Jewish. And I didn't know Jesus was anything except a cuss word. Honestly, that's the only time his words uh, escaped my lips was when I said, Jesus. And I wasn't calling on the name of the Lord, you know. Anyhow, so what, but then I got to know the Lord as my Savior. You know, I found out coming from no religion that the Bible says um, all through the Old Testament talks about the Son of God, talks about the Messiah. The Jews are looking for him today. Uh, why would you look for something that already came? Well, you know what John says. He came to his own and his own received him not. That's what the problem was. It wasn't Jesus' problem, was it? What was the problem? His own not receiving him. Hmm? Are there any other areas where his own don't receive? Lots of them. And so, well, thank God I got to know Jesus as my Savior. I was born again. Well, I didn't know that term before or directly after. Huh? But my a friend of mine told me one night, listen, the Bible says it's not all about going to church. Going to church is good, but it won't get you to heaven. Hmm? Going to mass won't get you to heaven. Right? Uh whether you call it church, mass, uh, whatever you call it, dodgeball, I don't care what, whatever you call it, won't get you to heaven just doing that. You have, Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be made a new creature on the inside. You do that by receiving Jesus. Whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I found out that it wasn't all about a religion. It was about a relationship with the Lord. And thank God uh, it took me coming to the end of myself. You know what I'm saying? Since uh, circumstances getting terrible and all that, as terrible as they can be for an 18-year-old, pretty they can be pretty bad. Matter of fact, this is healing night. Doctors threw their hands up with me. Didn't know what to do. My blood count was so reversed that they didn't know, did you have leukemia? They didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, lost so much weight, which I don't have that much, you know, that, that I can afford to lose, right? I've added to it since from what I was then. But anyhow, uh, I started seeking God, you know, and if it takes that, thank God, because the most important thing is not your physical well-being. It's your spiritual well-being. Amen. But see, all I, then I did, I was saved. Woo, thank God. It's like a two ton brick. Well, one brick wouldn't be two tons like a two-ton load that just was lifted off of me. Oh, I knew I was ready for heaven no matter what. Thank God. Now here I am and God, I mean, God turned things around physically in my life and I got better. got to go to college. Didn't die. Glory to God. Well, my parents got called off vacation to come see about me. The doctor called them up. <laughs> Feel bad about that. They've taken other vacations since. But all I really knew was, see, I saw that Jesus was a Savior. That's all I knew. The church that I started going to in the process of time, they didn't believe that Jesus was the healer. Huh? Well, that just means they didn't believe the Bible. The Bible's the Word of God. Forever and ever. It's going to read the same way. You know, you get people, especially in our area, you know, hey, we live in Orchard Park, kind of uh, one of the wealthier communities. And wealth usually goes along with... Uh, education and, and uh, intelligence. We got some of the dumbest intelligent people around here because <laughs> don't we? Because of the folks that say, well, I don't believe that Bible stuff. You know, it said the same thing before you were born. It's going to it's going to say the same thing while you're here. And once you're gone with your opinion, it's going to read exactly 
the same. The same. Year, year after year, decade after decade, smart people believe it. Huh? I mean, the book itself was a miracle. Well, the Bible taught it, but see, my church didn't believe it, so I had no revelation of Jesus as a healer till later on. And then, thank God, one day, I needed healing. And I started looking in the Word, and I started saying, okay, let's just forget what the church tradition taught, taught me. Hello. Let's see what the Word of God says. I was shocked what I found out. Changed my life forever. I said it changed my life forever. I found out that Jesus is a healer. Then, later on, I found out He's a provider, too, like Pastor Amy was talking about. Now, before God and before these people, you didn't know what I was preaching on when you were up there, did you? Okay, okay. She talked about doing things God's way. Title of my message tonight is Healing God's Way. All right? I know she didn't know because she was at work when I put this together, and I haven't seen her since. Why don't you turn to Luke 5? I'm telling you good things are happening here tonight. Jesus has never changed from the days he walked on this earth. Did good things happen when he walked on the earth? You know, one huge part of the ministry of Jesus, of course, you know, he's known for his love. Uh, Jesus loves the little children. He'd have them up on his lap, different things. One thing you see, though, all through the Gospels, wherever you go, he would teach to people. He'd preach to them and he would heal their sick. Everywhere, just everywhere he'd go. Who says it's who says he ever stopped? Well, Jesus, Jesus left. Yeah, but he sent his spirit to the earth. And you know what he told his followers, his disciples? He said, listen, guys, the works that I've been doing. Somebody tell me what works Jesus did. Three primary ones. He taught, he preached, he healed their sick. He said, the, th the works that I do, the things I've been doing, guys, I'm going away. You're going to do them. You're going to carry it on. And it's going to be bigger than just me because you're more than just me. Huh? He's up in heaven now, directing the th thing. Yeah. Hallelujah. We're his followers, carrying it out, doing his works. Yeah. Amen. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Because the same Jesus that went about healing is still going about healing. He's just doing it through his followers. Yeah. Amen. And through his word. Yeah. Amen. And so, uh, like the title of the message insinuates, healing God's way, his followers need to be following. Yeah. If there's going to be healing. Did I ask you to turn to Luke yet? And you probably did, didn't you? Who was in charge of turning my Bible? That would be me. Uh, listen, everybody, I'm just telling you, it's, this is always the case around here, but what we're sharing with you tonight can absolutely change your life. I mean, I mean can rev revolutionize things with you if you'll receive real good, if your heart's real open. And really, we're going to talk most of the evening, uh, most of the evening that we've dedicated to this service, about your heart being open. Hmm? We're going to talk a lot about these things. In Luke chapter 5, if you read with me, if you don't have a Bible, look on with somebody who has one, because it's important that you see what God's saying for yourself. Uh, you just get it better that way. Let's look at verse 12. Now, here's, here's a good verse right here. Verse 12, while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. This is a sick man. 
Now, now somebody tell me, is leprosy a serious disease? Back in those times, it was, oh, I don't know what you'd want to call it, you know, as serious a disease as you get, kind of the epidemic or the plague of the day, you know, kind of like maybe what AIDS would be uh, today, kind of a death sentence. Not only that, just humiliated you because you had to live out of town. Um, <laughs> you basically had to wear a sign that says, I'm afflicted, I'm cursed, I'm a leper, leave, you know, don't come near me. Oh, man, that's just the meaning and, and all that. Well, one of these guys came to Jesus. He's not even supposed to get anywhere near Jesus, you realize. When he saw Jesus, though, it says he fell with his face to the ground and begged him. Or, you know, we could say he prayed to him. Lord, if you are what? If you are willing. You can make me clean. Now, stop right there. What did the man say about Jesus's ability? He said, if you're willing, you can. Is that true today just as much as it was then? Hmm? Does Jesus have the can? Huh? Who was it that said healing comes in cans? Was that Annie when she was here? Kate McVeigh. Oh, yeah, I can do all things. Comes in cans. He's got healing canned, right? Jesus, uh, the man said to him, Lord, if you're willing, you can do it. Glory to God. Now think about what your situation or the person you know that you're going to help with all this. Do you know that, it, that God's ability does not get taxed at all? God has it in a can, doesn't he? He's got a can of headache for headaches, right? He's got a can for cancer. He's got a can for heart problems or just whatever it would be. You know, not literally, but he can do it. It's, it's done. That's a, you know how in math, advanced math, way more advanced than I ever made it. You know, uh, I did algebra, though, one and two. But we had I remember this much, nothing else about it. I remember constants and variables, X's and Y's. One, a constant never changes, a variable changes. The Lord being able to do it is the constant. We don't have to think about that part. I mean, we preach it just to let everybody know, but uh, you, you, we don't have to do a lot uh, where his ability is concerned. He's got it, right? He's plugged in, turned on. The, the power can flow. He can. He can. Everybody say, he can. Say it another time or two. He can. He can. But, but what did the guy say? The guy knew he could. What, what was his question? Big question. Lord, if you are willing. Well, that's a question we should answer, huh? Well, what, what, let's, let's see what happened here. Jesus, verse 13, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Do you know how significant that is? This is a contagious, contagious disease. Jesus just put his hand on him, touched him. I am willing. Look at it. Yeah, look at it. Get, let your eyes rest on this. Those three words. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. We haven't gotten to the verse we want to start with yet, but this is just in the neighborhood. So we're talking about it. That's all right, isn't it? Hey, he said, I am willing. 
Now we know that his ability is a constant. It's never changed. But now what about his willingness? Is that a constant or is that a or is that a why? You know, <laughs> I don't remember which one was which. Um, is that a constant? Is his willingness or was he just willing for this one? We have to conclude from others, lots of other scriptures where it says he healed them all. We'll, we'll read one of those. Uh, I remember the centurion that came to Jesus said, Lord, I have a servant. He's lying at home. He's terribly sick of the palsy, which is uh, creeping paralysis. He's tormented. Jesus stopped him and said, and said, I will come and heal him. And I just like those two words. I will. If this was just for the leper and it wasn't for us, why would the Lord put it in the Word? Jesus did a lot of things. They didn't all make it in. Don't you know He put in the Bible what He wanted us to see from the Bible? Hmm? Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's willing. If He was willing then, He's willing now. Hold your place here in Luke. Turn to the little book of 3 John. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. You know, I'm not smart enough to come up with any of this stuff. And you know, I'm not good enough to deliver it without God's help. Third John. We're talking about what, what does God want for us? What's his will? Book of Third John, this is just a letter that John wrote, but yet it was inspired by the Spirit of God, so it was in, included in the Word of God. Verse 2 is the, is the verse that's pretty familiar with most people, but he says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health, and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. Listen, if it's God's will for that person, and it's in the Bible, it's His will for us. We'll look at some more verses and prove that. But aren't you glad that when Jesus spoke that to the leper, it applies to you and I? What is God's will for your life where your physical prosperity is concerned? Health. Healing. Turn to Exodus, the 15th chapter. We're just laying a little groundwork and we'll eventually get to the verse we're going to start with tonight. With God's help. I was sharing with one of the workers before how, uh, you know, most of you know that for about seven years we lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I worked for Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Brother Kenneth Hagen had uh, as successful a healing ministry over the course of his ministry as anybody I've ever known. Um, of course, he was raised up from a deathbed given up to die, did die, leave his body a couple of times. It was that close to death, just on the edge. And uh, in, the, in 1980, they started the healing school there on campus where people literally all over the world would come and you can spend as much, as you, much time as you want, two services a day, just taking in healing. I, I, you know what, if I, I believe that if I had a serious illness, I would do my best to get away and go somewhere like that and just focus on it, you know? And, and people did, I'm thinking of one lady who, uh, whose husband was one of the higher-ups in Egypt. I mean, like, like secretary to the prime minister or somebody like that. They're not believers. 
You know, there, uh, wh whichever branch of, of uh, you know, the Arab world over there, that whatever God they're serving, right? They, they flew over here. I mean, I think he maybe even chartered a jet to fly her over. And they prayed for her. I think she had cancer and all kinds of surgeries. Nothing was helping. And uh, they prayed for her. I mean, they got the whole the whole body of, of believers that were there to all just pray for her. You know, there's a variety of ways you can minister. You just want to do it God's way. They prayed for her. This lady was healed. She was healed, man. I mean, doctors couldn't couldn't do anything. She she flew home, began getting better and better and better. Finally, this this lady's husband says, uh, you know, those books that you sold, we read those books. We're going to we want to pay to have those translated into Arabic or, or, you know, the language over here for all the other people to read and learn. Glory to God. But not everybody that came to healing school was that open. And I'm thinking of a story of this one lady. You know, I think I don't even think she flew in. I think she lived in town and she came one day. Then she let two or three days go by. I mean, the doctors hadn't given her very long, you know. And uh, so she comes back again, but just really, really sporadic. And uh, some of the workers were, would, would get together with the people and help them and talk to them and encourage them because some of them are very young in the things of God. And I said, well, what, you know, where, where have you been? Have you not been able to make it? She said, well, you know, the other day I had to go shopping with somebody. We're talking terminal. Hmm? And priorities aren't exactly what they should be here. Huh? Forget about prevention. <laughs> you know, she's, I guess she's waiting until she can't function anymore. Then she'll come. Well, that's dumb. Why get down that low? Are you in Luke 5 still? No, you're in Exodus. Good. I found, I found it. Um, Amy was talking a little bit ago about our covenant of prosperity that God has as our provider. And that's wonderful. He also made a healing covenant with his people, Israel. And in the 26th verse, he said, if you listen carefully. Now, would you notice those two words? Listen carefully. And please do that the rest of this evening. If you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention do you have to tell grown-ups to pay attention and to listen carefully? Huh? Evidently so. You listen carefully, pay attention, keep his word, do what you hear, what will happen? I will not bring or allow on you any of the diseases that I have brought. Really, the word should be permitted, allowed, because God doesn't put the diseases on you. I will not allow or permit on you any of the diseases that came on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. The Lord, your healer. Well, we talked just in the very beginning about how he can be the Lord, your savior, and he needs to be. And if he's not, he can be tonight. But is he, is he also the Lord, your healer, your healer? Then any of the people he ever healed, if he did it for them, he's obligated to do it for you. Why don't you point to yourself and say, he'll do it for me. Amen. And if, it, and if he needs to do it for you five or six times, he'll do it for you five or six times. And if he needs to do it for you 50 or 100 times, he'll do it for you that many times. He said, I am the Lord, your healer. I was on the TV show Thursday. Somebody called in and asked a question about healing. Well, I, I raised my hand first because I like that subject because I know that he's my healer. 
Amen. Well, after I answered the question, another uh, man of God, uh, wonderful brother, wonderful gentleman, but I had to disagree with what he said. He said, none of that's for us today. He pastors Bad News Family Church <laughs> somewhere. I don't know the name of his church. None of that's for us today. Would you look at verse 26? He said, that all stopped. That was all just a sign for the Jews. Well, I wish I was a Jew back then. 26 verse said, I will not bring on you any of the diseases for I what? I am. Ladies and gentlemen, who has the right to take I am and make them I was? Who has the right? Who has the right to say what God did? He said, I am, and he never changed it. Huh? If he am, he is. He's not, I was. Nothing that he, everything that he ever said, I am, he never changed it. He never stopped being. He never started being that. He's always am. The great always am. That's God. That's God all the time. Now are you still in Luke chapter 5? We're going to get to the verse we wanted to get to tonight. Glory to God. One of them. Just the first one. Amen. But uh, there's just reruns on, okay? So you're all right with a little bit of time. I hope. The 15th verse. Okay, so the man with leprosy got healed. Aren't you happy about that? Can I ask you a question before we get to this verse? If he healed leprosy, which was the, just the worst disease of the day, what wouldn't he heal? Hmm? A lot of people, um, maybe a lot of people that aren't here tonight. Probably not you because you're here. A lot of people, they got things going on in their body, but they don't want to bother the Lord with it. Because they're able to live with it. If he healed leprosy, what won't he heal? Hmm? There is nothing that the Lord won't, can't, or hasn't already healed. You know, he's not trying out his power on you. He's proven it time and time and time again. I mean, I've been in meetings where, where uh, I mean, a couple thousand, of peop thousand people in the meetings. Everybody with a tumor got healed that night in that service. That might not be the norm, you know, but that happened instantly that night. He's not trying out anything on you. We're not experimenting on people. Amen. Glory to God. Aren't you glad you're not the first house that ever had electricity wired through it? Huh? And they got it really worked out good before they built your place. Huh? Or how about, now I know this has to happen. I mean, how would you like to be the first one ever to have a certain operation? You know? Talk about saying goodbye to people right before you go under. Thank God. Now, he'll heal anything. But let's, let's talk about how you get healing God's way. We know it's for us. We know it's his will. How do you get it? Verse 15, the news about him spread all the more. So that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. 
The people came. How many know everybody wants healing? That has any sense. You don't want to be sick, right? What did they do, though? They didn't just come for healing. I want you to notice it again. It said the people came to do what? Hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Everybody wants healing. Do you know very few people want hearing? But what, tell me which order you saw it in here in the world. What came first before healing? It's hearing, healing, hearing, healing. I'm going to go so slow tonight it might be painful. But that's how you get it. I mean, I, I don't, we talked about math class earlier. They just didn't give me two sessions. Huh? We met every day. Day after day. Monday through Friday. And then they wanted me to take it home with me. Huh? Just so I'd be good and fresh and sharp on it the next day. My Lord, you, you, you mentioned the same scripture two weeks in a row at a church service. You know, they want to hang you. Give us something new. These people were expecting. Now tell me what it said. They came for, for what purpose? They came to hear and they came to do what else? To be healed. What were they expecting when they came to that particular service or that particular meeting? They were expecting to hear something and they were expecting to go away healed. What are you expecting tonight? You don't want to just expect hearing. A lot of people do. I, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to hear a speech. Save it. Go get your tape recorder. Save the gas, you know. Yeah, but that's, that is important. But what if God wants to do something more than you hearing a speech? Huh? What if he wants to heal in a service? Are you open to that? They were. They were. They came to hear and to be healed. Now, in the sixth chapter, same book, book of Luke. Sixth chapter. This is not a, a different account of the same story. Like sometimes what you see in Luke will be in Mark and in Matthew, right? This is uh, this is the same book, different chapter, different occasion. He went down. Verse seventeen says, chapter six, verse seventeen. He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people. From all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to what? Hear him. And to be healed of their diseases. Then it says, those troubled by evil spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him, because power was coming from him, and healing them what? Healing them all. Now, this talks about a great number of people, doesn't it? Large crowd, great number. Now, let's see how observant you are. Are we a large crowd here tonight? Come on. Don't mess my sermon up. Are we a large crowd? No. Are we a great number? We're a great little number right now. He's talking, we're talking about great multitudes. And it says the power flowed from him and healed them all. How many of them got healed? All of them that needed healing. All of them. You probably didn't hear me. I said all of them. 
all of them got healed. Well, where were the ones who it wasn't God's will to heal? Huh? All of them that needed healing got healed because it was God's will to heal all. Has God's will changed today? I'm not just talking. Am I, am I giving you scripture for everything I'm saying? Okay? I wouldn't ask you to swallow my opinion. I'm giving you God's word. All of them got healed. The power was flowing. They were all healed. But what happened first? They heard something. Now, this is, uh, this is interesting. Let's talk about why hearing is important. Because uh, does it interest you that the word specifically brings out the fact that they heard? Two different times within two different chapters. One right after the other. Or how many don't care? <laughs> you want to know one reason at least why the word talks about the fact that they heard. That's because there's a lot who won't. Today, there are a lot of people, they will not hear. But do you know that if you want healing, I'm going to say this five or six times tonight. If you want healing, you've got to do it God's way. God's way. You can't know God's way if you don't hear. And if you can't hear. Have you ever re remember Jesus saying, making this statement before he spoke or after he spoke? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. How many remember hearing that at some point? He who has ears to hear. Well, there were there a whole lot of people who were just, you know, flat from the face back and didn't have any... <laughs> He's not talking about that, is he? Hmm? Is it possible to sit, even sit here tonight, and audibly the, the sound of my voice comes out of those speakers, bounces off your eardrums, but you didn't hear? Is that possible? Sure it is. I proved that all through high school. In the very same math classes. No, I did okay in math. I had some problem areas, but, but uh, God helped me after I met him. What happened when they all heard? You're going to like this statement. If you're taking notes, which you, which you might ought to. If you can hear, you can be healed. If you can hear, you can be healed. I'm telling you, I'm speaking to you tonight. If you can hear, you can be healed. You can be healed of anything. If you can hear. Somebody might say, okay, I'm listening. Tell me. That's not necessarily hearing. Hearing has to do with, with, with your heart. Being open has to do with a lot of things. Now, a lot of people have preconceived notions. They have said ideas about God. And they have, and they have said ideas about healing. And they know ahead of time what I will do in a service and what I won't do in a service. Huh? I will clap uh, once in a while if somebody else starts it during a song. I, I will not raise my hands. My Lord, I will not speak in tongues. Huh? People have this already said. And some of those people, you try and talk to them, but they're not hearing. I've talked to people and you know what their big answer to me after I try and give them something that'll help them. They said, you don't understand my disease. 
Well, you know, doctors need a perfect understanding of disease because they're working only in the physical realm. Do you know if you know the Word of God, you know enough? Hmm? Now, I'm not belittling doctors one bit. I've needed him before in my life. Thank God for them. Amen. And I believe God graces and helps doctors. I remember our uh, labor and delivery nurses. I mean, they, they were anointed. They were a blessing to us. They helped it be a great experience instead of, you know, having some fear to deal with. They said, oh, you're fine. You're fine. I said, well, why does this hurt so much? <laughs> I said, well, here, we'll help you. <laughs> Thank God for doctors. Thank God for their understanding and their knowledge. And I believe God helps them and gives them knowledge. But listen, where God's healing is concerned and there's nothing he can't heal, nothing he won't heal. If you know the word, you know enough. Huh? You don't understand my disease like I do. You're right. But you can't help them. There are folk that are sick year after year, see, because they believe what they believe and they're not going to change. Hmm? They're not hearers. They're not hearers. So what happens? No hearing, no healing. Folks say that stuff like uh, they, they want to believe I'll be healed in God's perfect timing. You've heard that one, haven't you? Well, in God's perfect time. Well, what's, what's so bad about that? It's not in the Bible. Other things are in the Bible different than that. Hmm? Well, if it's God's will, I'll be healed. That's not true. That's not true. It is God's will. But not everybody's healed, are they? Huh? So that can't be true. That's easy to figure out. Some folks think, well, if it's God's will, I'll, get, I'll be healed. And if it's not, I'll die. No, it is God's will to be healed. You got to receive. Got to hear. Got to hear. You got to get it his way. Some folk will say, well, I'm suffering for God's glory. That's a dangerous one. Hmm? Who says you're suffering for God's glory? Show me one verse, much less the two or three it takes to build a teaching on. Huh? Who says you are suffering for God's glory. Lots of scriptures that say different than that. You don't know any that say, I'm suffering for God. Oh yeah, pastor, what about Paul and his thorn? What about Paul and his thorn? Well, he prayed for God to take the sickness. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who said anything about a sickness? He tells you what the thorn was. You just got to keep reading. See, that's, that's how you learn he said, it's the messenger of Satan to buffet me, to give me blow after blow. And you read the book of Acts, you see who the messenger of Satan was. People that followed him around and tried to kill him. Yes. Huh? He'd, go to minister and he'd go to minister in a town and the demon possessed people would be there crying, this is Paul, the servant of the most high God. Well, who wants demon possessed people telling who you are and announcing your arrival? Yeah, but he prayed for God to take it away and God didn't. Who said? Who said? Bible didn't say that. He <laughs> it's humorous, I guess, because I mean, folk, folk believe this more than they believe anything else. Sometimes he prayed and the Lord didn't say no. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. Didn't say it was insufficient. Said my grace will 
Get it done. Are you willing to throw out some of those religious things to find God's way? Amen. It's not your way. It's not my way. Uh, you know, I think when Christians heard that Burger King advertisement in the 70s, have it your way, they thought it was scripture. They took hold of it. Glory to God. The Lord said through the Burger King commercial that we can have it our way. Hold the pickles. Hold the lettuce. Special orders. Don't upset us. I know some, you know, I'm, I, I played a concert today. I, I play saxophone professionally and, and do some things in town here. And, um, one of the songs that people love to sing is that Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way. I would not brag about that. Hmm? Much less write a, write a song about it. You don't want to do it your way. You can try. God will not be budged. You cannot budge him to get him to go your way. Now, some people find that out. So then they try and manipulate the pastor because they can't manipulate the Lord. You see. Sweeping out under the rug. <laughs> is that true? That is true. And they'll say now where healing is concerned. They'll say, Pastor, pray for me. Sometimes that's OK. Uh, and they'll tell you how I've had people say, you know, you're supposed to anoint me with oil. I want to go get some motor oil. Pray for my grandchild. Well, that can be okay. Cast the devil out of me. That one, they're usually right about that one. <laughs> um, a good, those, now, if that's God's way, that's fine. Really, you should, you should ask for ministry. Let God lead the minister. But, you know, if a minister is led, there will be times where people request prayer and he says no. Just because it's not right. I don't like to pray when I know it's not going to work. Now, people may get mad when you do that. Well, it's not going to tithe anymore. You weren't tithing to begin with. If that's what you were doing, that's not tithing. Huh? That's blackmail. You pray for me and mine when I tell you to or I'm yanking it. That's not tithing. Furthest thing from it. Well, well, see, they want healing. They don't want hearing. I'm going to say something again that I said it was really good. You didn't respond that well the first time. You'll respond better now. If you can hear, you can be healed. That was good. Oh, yeah. There is nobody that if they'll give God the chance that God will not lead them right into their healing. You know, God did not create sickness and disease. Never has it been his will. Sickness and disease never showed up on earth until Satan and sin got together and gave birth to it. Do you know when Adam was in the garden when he was first created, he never said, oh, man, I got a migraine today. Huh? Eve would have said, a what? So, you know, a migraine. No, we don't know. It was never here until Satan, until sin. The wages of sin is what? Death. Sickness is just death in its infancy. And it progresses to death. Well, the human body, see, it was created by God to be well. And it'll keep itself well under normal circumstances. It, it really amazingly so. But when sickness comes, there's always reasons. 
I didn't say you were always the reason, but there are always reasons. You have ears to hear tonight, don't you? When sickness comes, there's always reasons. Sometimes they're natural reasons. Oftentimes there's spiritual influencing it. God knows the reasons. God knows the remedy. And he'll get it to you, but you have to be able to hear him to get it. And it only comes his way. Now, number one, of course, his word is his way. But we've already given you the word tonight, haven't we? You've seen that it's God's will for you to be well. He wants you healed. Glory to God. Are you excited about that? Are you convinced that God, I mean, God, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who's sitting up there making sure that this thing spins, huh? Keeps, keeps it wound up. He loves you. He wants you healed. That's the word. Um, and, and see, those principles in the word, they apply to everybody. But see, there's, don't you know that there's people that hear those principles and they're still sick? So I want to talk about that a little bit. If you don't get results. Now, I'm not saying if you don't get results in one night, but if you go month after month and you're not getting results, you need to keep hearing because he's not done talking. All right. You need to keep hearing, don't you? Because what if you can hear, you can be healed. And hearing is not just having your ears open, having your heart open, having the ability to take your preconceived religious colored glasses off, see things differently. Because, you know, you develop patterns of thought. I develop patterns. A lot of people believe what mama and daddy said around the home. Hmm? You got people that never amounted to anything. Mommy and daddy told them so. You ain't ever going to do nothing. They're just acting it out. Right? The, one of the big things uh, keeping somebody sick decade after decade or, or month after month, week after week, it might not be what we would look in the Word and see as the most obvious thing. For instance, saying, well, you just you need to have faith in that area. Well, okay, but if you work on that and you still have problems, keep hearing. He's not done talking. I'm, I'm going to illustrate to you. Well, I see your confusion on your face a little bit. Healing can be spelled a lot of different ways. Healing can be spelled F-O-R-G-I-V-E. Hmm? Those things will affect you. Unforgiveness. Healing can be spelled capital O, capital B, capital E. What's the last letter? Capital Y. There's people that stay sick because of pride. Year after year, year after year. Well, see, they've heard the principles. They've heard the will. They know the will. They can quote it. Hmm? Why, don't, why don't they got it? You need, to let, you need to give God the opportunity to deal with you. You need to hear. Want to know another reason why folks stay sick? They're a big mouth. I say this in love. You understand that. But I got to tell you the truth. You, you don't want me to, to just ignore things that, that could help you. Some are just stubborn and hard headed and won't repent. How many remember Naaman the prophet? 
He was a man who was, uh, Naaman wasn't a prophet. Why didn't somebody correct me? Elisha was the prophet he went to see. Naaman was the Syrian commander of the army who went to see the prophet. And uh, Naaman went down to see the prophet and he was dressed up in his best. Now Naaman had leprosy just like this other leper, but he, he acted very different at first than the leper that came and bowed before the Lord said, Lord, if you're willing, I know you can heal. Glory to God and got healed. Well, Naaman came with all his servants. He came with like a, a, a entourage, you know. Here I am, Mr. Prophet. Come do it my way. And the prophet peeked out the window and he told his servant, go out there, tell him to go dip seven times in Jordan and he'll be healed. So a, ser a little servant gets out. He's putting his coat on as he's going outside. Uh, Mr. Naaman. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, Elisha's my master. He said, you go dip in the Jordan seven times. You'll be healed. OK, thanks for coming by. We'll see you. Naaman said, hold everything. And where is your master, the prophet? He's inside. He told me to come out and tell you. I heard what he told me. Yeah. Dip in the Jordan River. And it said, Naaman said, Surely I thought he would come out and wave his hand over me. He wanted it his way. Na Elisha didn't come out the door. Is it okay for a pastor to say, no, I'm not going to pray for you? Well, Elisha didn't. Now, most of the time you come to me, I'm not going to say that unless, unless that's what the Lord says do. You know, we're here for you, not against you. But Naaman was offended he had his idea this is how it's going to be abracadabra hocus pocus put your healing back in focus done and all of a sudden Naaman would say that's exactly what I was talking about glad I had this idea let's go back to Syria but he said go dip in the Jordan he said, I got rivers at home and they're clean, not like this muddy one. What was Naaman going to have to do if he was going to get healed? He was going to have to hear. And he was going to have to lay down some of that pride, right? And dip, 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 dip. And he finally did. One of the most powerful stories in the Bible, he came up clean out of a muddy river of his leprosy. But he wasn't headed towards healing. Aren't you glad that if you're going the wrong direction, you can turn around? Glory to God. And I mean, Naaman did. And he was a real rascal. The big thing that most people need to hear is usually the thing that they're closed to. It's usually the last thing that they want to hear. You know, if you really seek God, you might end up hearing things like, uh, when are you going to do what, obey what I told you to do? How many of your hearts open tonight? You're listening. Uh, the Lord may say, when are you going to forgive that person? It can be hard to swallow. I mean, Naaman had a hard time, but he did it. You could do it. 
you, you might get to seeking God. Oh, Lord, speak to me. And, and if you were to really to listen, he's going to say, when are you going to start walking in love? He may say, when are you going to stop criticizing the pastor and the church and, and all the church members? <laughs> Do you know that for some people, it's a lot easier to stay sick than to, than to swallow such things? If you, if you hear it, though, if you have ears to hear and you'd make the change, your body would change. You hearing me? This is good news. You got to discipline yourself to hear God, to hear his word and not just the religious sayings that we talked about earlier. You know where those religious sayings came from? Well, came from, well, I'm just suffering for God's glory, waiting for his perfect time. You know where they came from? It was an attempt to make God agree with your situation. Hmm? Let's make God match the situation. No, no. We, we have God's word. Let's believe him to help us get the situation to match his word. In Brother Hagen's ministry, who I traveled with, Kenneth Hagen, God told him in 1939... Um, that he was going to end up leaving his, this church, go out, that he was pastoring, go out into evangelistic ministry, and he would never pastor again. I mean, supernaturally, when, the, when Brother Hagen took that church to pastor, they used to switch around a lot back then. Every couple of years, you know, you'd switch, pastors would switch churches, but that's about as, as long as it takes to even get started, you know. But so the Lord told him, this will be the last church you ever pastor. He said, I wondered if I was going to die before I was done. I wonder if that was, you know, you could interpret it a lot of ways. But the Lord said, no, you go and you don't pastor. He's told him, this is it. That's the last one. Well, you got two small kids and a wife. Church has taken good care of you. The church supplied their parsonage, their home. It was the best one they'd ever lived in. You know, um, things were finally comfortable. You ever get to that place? Remember in Tulsa when things finally got comfortable? Guess what we prepared to do? <laughs> Time to move. But glory to God, I would, the Lord's outdid, outdone for us what he ever did for us in Tulsa. And he's not done. But anyhow, <clears throat> so no more pastoring. Now he's out on the field kind of struggling. You know, uh, I, I've always known him. Well, the whole time I knew him, um, you had to have bodyguards because he'd have thousands of people come around him. You know, he was very just worldwide known. But that sure wasn't the case when he started out. You know, nobody knew, nobody cared. And uh, so he's out there leaving his kids a lot of the times because you didn't have air travel like you do now, you know. And so leaving his kids really for months at a time. But see, God told him to. God took that. God's taking care of the family, taking care of the kids. But see, he started listening to things. Uh, he started listening to other ministers that said, listen, I know a good church you should pastor. You need to be home with the wife. You need to be home with the kids. Well, ordinarily that's so. But if God tells you. And there was a time where I was on the road a lot away from the family. But, but thank God he's letting us do this where we're together. But if he told me and I knew it was him, you got to go. Then I got to go. And the grace will be there for them. The grace will be there for me. And the family will stay together just like his did. OK, there's other people live together and their family falls apart, you know. <laughs> well, then his wife started. You know, you know how you women. Once in a while can get. 
I'm not saying you ever did it, but she got nagging about it. Okay, you've never done that. Just you know what nagging is, right? You want me to do some of it for you? No, I would because I never hear it. I don't. But she started nagging him. Well, well, that's so hard. You know, I'm here without you and I miss you. This and that and that. So finally, he starts listening to the whole group of ministers and to his wife. And so this big church is looking for a pastor and they want him to come out to come try out. You know, basically, uh, you come preach for us and let's see if this is it. And so he went, you know. And God got in the pulpit, started to teach and his heart stopped. I said his heart stopped. And he fell over. They got him back to the, they got, they, they carried him over to the parsonage, got him in bed. You know, he's virtually dying. He just had a heart attack right there. And uh, he, his wife said, this is all my fault. I've been griping. I've been complaining. Hmm? And, you know, so they made the commitment that we're going to obey God no matter what. Second they did that, he's better. I mean, almost instantly. See how these things are connected. But what was he hearing? What was he hearing? He wasn't listening to God after a while. He, let, he listened to the ministers. Isn't that amazing? You listen to a bunch of preachers and you almost kill your, get killed. We need to, uh, This is sobering. I realize what I'm telling you now, I mean, uh, might not be what you expected to hear tonight. You got to be willing and open to anything that he would say to you. He could speak to your heart while the pastor is talking about tithing. And if you can hear and obey and if you can repent for grumbling every time the word money is mentioned in church. And, 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 and if necessary, if you've grumbled to other people and the Lord t deals with you, go apologize to them. And if you'll do those things, you can get healed when, when healing wasn't even talked about. Because there's a connection. Obey. Forgive. How is healing spelled for you? Some folk think it's just uh, what the word says about healing. You, you, you can't substitute for that. You need that. But you can have everyone in the church and everyone in the country praying for you. You can confess every healing scripture every day. You can fast every week. But listen, you're only going to be healed God's way. That's the only way. Anybody can get healed of anything. It's God's will. He's powerful enough to do it, but you got to go his way. Another uh, story Brother Hagen tells. You're okay with hearing these things, right? Talks about uh, when he went to this church, big church. The man had him in to minister. He was shocked that they called him because he'd heard this man publicly denounce his ministry. Well, you talk about uh, plowing against the grain. He's the master. He had to do it till it hurt. Um, people hated him to begin with, and some of them still do. But anyhow, um, so he, this guy invited him. He couldn't believe it, but, but he went. Three weeks meeting, morning, night services. He's into the third week. The pastor hasn't yet shown up for a service at his own church. But the pastor comes at lunchtime, takes him out to eat every day. Well, Brother Hagin's praying before the service and he sees. Now, see, God can show you things. 
he sees this man's going to die. He's only in his 30s. I mean, I'm in my, you know, later 30s. Not late 30s, but later 30s. <laughs> Past 35, you know. He's, he's in this. Now, they have a building program. They're building a new sanctuary. He sees this man's going to die, and he's going to die soon. If he did, but, and then Brother Hagin sees if I can get him into this, these morning meetings and hear about faith, he doesn't have to die. So he talks to the man. But the man, well, you know, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. Well, Brother Hagin eats with, you know, his wife is around one day, the man's wife. And, he's, and finally, out of desperation, he blurted out, do you know your husband's going to die? She says, yeah, I know, Brother Hagin, I've been praying, I saw it. And, and he said, you know, he doesn't have to. She said, I know, but I can't get him to listen. What can't she get him to do? Hear? Well, they're eating lunch again, him and the pastor. Finally, he just blurted out. You know you're going to die? And the man put his fork down. Yeah, Brother Hagen, I do. Well, you know you don't have to? He said, you know what? The reason I had you here was because I publicly denounced your ministry. But yet then I saw it was right. And so I wanted to have you. I wanted my people to be blessed. He said, but for me to not die, I'd have to get up and publicly announce that I was wrong and you were right. I'd rather die than do that. Well, see, now, now here again, you might say, well, what an idiot. But are there people that are that hard-headed and that stubborn that they'd rather die? And, and he did. He died right in the middle of it. I, told, I, started, I said before, there are reasons. God knows the reason. God knows the remedy. And if, if you'll be open, he'll lead you into the reason and the remedy. You got to be able to hear. In the 1990s, there was a wonderful joy revival that swept the church. God was pouring out supernatural joy. People were laughing in church. People were dancing in church. I mean, people were just boogieing down in church. They were running around. I mean, just happy. And then they get themselves just tipsy in the Lord and just fall out on the floor, pass out. Drunk in God. Well, do you know that a lot of people judged that? Hmm? I remember we first moved out to Rama the week it hit there. <laughs> Rama Bible Church, big 45, 4,600 seat auditorium. And you know, you could get a seat on the bottom floor, but the balcony was packed with judges. <laughs> we had no trouble getting a seat on the bottom floor, so we didn't know any better. It can, is there ever anything that God can introduce to you that's new to you and you'd accept it? Now, yeah, you want to make sure it's God. How do you do that? Is it in the word anywhere? Which all of that is and was. But do you know that when people stopped resisting and rebelling and started to flow with it, there's people that got healed of all kinds of stuff and it wasn't a healing meeting. I don't know how many people got, how many women that I heard get up and testify, they had depression for years. And it all left and they don't know where it went <laughs> when they started yielding to God and flowing with the spirit of God. Well, what about all the people that left the church over it? Think any of them? God wanted to deal with them about that where healing was concerned. Yeah. You're always going to come back to that thing. That's the big issue for you. Huh? How many want to hear a healing passage tonight? 
Would you like to hear a healing passage? Tell me when you're in 1 Peter 3. Got it. So everybody say got it if you got it. I see pages still turning. You know where 1 Peter is? It's right before 2 Peter. You ready to hear this healing passage, everybody? Look at verse 1. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands. So that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. I'm reading a healing passage. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. I'm not telling you not to wear those things, just saying that's not where the beauty comes from. Right. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. This is the way that the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham, called him her master. You are her daughters. If you do what is right, do not give way to fear. Then he talks about husbands. So wives, don't get upset that, that it was all directed at you because it's not. Husbands. Now, now, he doesn't say as much to husbands because husbands aren't detail folks. Wives are detail people. They want to know the detail. Husbands just says, just give it to me uh, in bits that I can remember. Husbands in the same way. So in other words, you do those same things. OK, just ditto. Be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner. Talking about physically. Most women are physically the weaker of, of their husbands. Um, and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that, look at this, everybody, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So is this a healing passage? Could this be the answer? For some people, I'm not saying it's the answer for you individually, but this could be the key. Hmm? You got to hear. I know of at least one woman. Now, I'm not picking on women. It's just this happens to be a woman and it could be a man just as easy. I know at least one woman who got cancer and is dead today. Because they would not respect their husband's place in the home and that they would they would not stop with their mouth. The biting, criticizing, harsh words and judging everybody except themselves. Well, how do you know that's what did it? the Lord revealed it to me? He doesn't, he wouldn't always do that. But in this case, I needed to know it was somebody that I had dealings with and was trying to help them. There's people who, they're little children. They suffer horrible physical conditions and diseases because mommy and daddy refuse to obey God like they should. Now, it's not our place to just assume this, this about anybody who's, who's sick or suffering. Um, Unless God would show you to help them. But I'm telling you, we're talking about reasons why you can hear the word of God and then still just stay sick for long periods of time. Uh, you're OK for five more minutes, aren't you? OK. Good. If you're not, if you've got to go right now, that's fine. But, uh, just another illustration to illustrate some of these things. Back in healing school at, at the ministry out there in Tulsa. Uh, there's a guy there came to healing school, they're not getting results with them. 
And so what they do is they'll, they'll take them after the session or take them even out of a session and get them with some prayer, prayer people just to spend the time praying. And, and, and what are we doing? We're giving God the opportunity to lead us right into healing, you see. And so those, this one guy, they're praying with him. And uh, the one man that's praying with this man, I mean, just uh, they're praying and, and this phrase keeps coming up, but he doesn't want to say it because it's so strange. And it has uh, seemingly nothing to do with healing. But finally, it just gets stronger and stronger. So they stop praying and the man says, I don't, I don't know if this means anything to you, but as we're praying, I keep hearing this phrase, till death do us part. Is there anything going on between you and your spouse? Well, well yeah, I'm going to leave her. She's, she's lousy. Well, they found out anyhow. Whether or not he made the adjustment, whether or not he got in line, I don't know. I don't know. I hope he did, you know. Where was his key? Hmm? A healing passage. Like, like marriage. Did I tell you that? Um, well, one more illustration. How's that? One more illustration. One more verse. We'll lock it up. I don't want to leave you with less than you should have tonight. I'm just thinking of another lady that this lady came to Brother Hagen when he was pastoring. And she said, Brother Hagen, can you tell me something? He said, if I can, I will. And she said, you know, my family and my husband's family were both Christians. My family is the better family from the standpoint of we're always in church. We're much better Christians from the standpoint of being faithful. You know, she's just she's not bragging on it necessarily. She's just telling the telling the facts. We're always there. We're always involved. My husband's family, not so much, but they're believers, you know. But now when they get sick, they always get healed. We never get healed in our family. How come? How come? Is there a reason? Everybody go. Is there a reason? Brother Hagin said, I couldn't tell you unless the Lord were to show me, unless he were to reveal it to me. But generally, I can give you a couple of principles. In fact, I'll tell you this about your husband's family. These three things, they're quick to repent. They're quick to forgive. They're quick to believe. And she said, well, you hit the, the nail right on the head. She said, well, he said, well, I didn't. The word did. It teaches that. That's exactly it. They, they are. I mean, they're the most forgiving people. Now, they, you know, they're always backsliding, but they'll get back to God eventually. But I mean, they get healed just right away. So now our family, on the other hand, we will forgive you eventually. Well, that's why they always end up with surgery and die and death, you know. But see, they're the better Christians, according to her. That was the one more story. Here's the one more scripture. You're in First Peter, right? Just back up to James chapter 1. Glory to God. And, we'll, and then we'll start closing the service. We'll begin to close. James 1 verse 19 says, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. You can say it with me. Slow to speak, slow to become angry. What's the first one? Quick 
to hear. Slow to get mad, slow to run your mouth. Anybody here, this was different than maybe you were expecting tonight? Different than I expected, but I, I'll tell you what, I would, uh, I'd bank anything on the fact that this is what the Lord gave me. I know, we'd, I know we ministered the right thing for the right people here tonight. And uh, I'm certain also that the Lord has dealt with, with folk in areas tonight. Hmm? I mean, you can just look straight ahead and smile, but um, there's folks in any church, in all of us, at times, there's going to be times where you have to make changes and you have to make dedications to Him and consecrations that you're, that you're going to change this or that. Has He dealt with you about anything during the course of this evening that might need to change? Hmm? This is such a key. If you've been hard-headed in one area, it could keep you from His fullness. And I'm not saying God's hard to please. He's not. That's the beauty of Him is He'll just show you the exact area you have a problem with if you can hear. If you can hear. And if you will hear. You can if you will. Hmm? It's never that you just can't. Oh, He just didn't give me ears to hear. Yes, He did. If you're his child, you can hear. And you know when the preacher got on that one thing, man, it was like, bah, uh, uh, uh. that was it. Deal with it. I'm telling you, he can turn around things so quickly. So quickly. Amen. Glory to God.